This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. We have got a special program today. I've got Bill Koenig joining me again. We're going to be talking about Israel and the recent elections and everything that's going on over there, as well as the recent elections in Brazil and the elections in America. Before I go to Bill Koenig, let me say that uh, we're having a trip to Israel, November the 29th through December the 8th of 2023. We will be taking a trip, a group over to Israel. We want you to come with us. It's gonna be In His Steps, Israel tour with myself and also Pastor Ed Young. We're going to go to the Holy Land and go to the places where Jesus walked and talk about the places that are biblical and talk about the significance of that and end time prophecy. We're gonna go to the places where end time prophecy is happening and also will happen. If you want more information or if you wanna sign up uh, to be a part of that tour, go to inspirationcruises.com forward slash Evans. That information is right there on your screen. Now, this is not a cruise. We're going to fly over to Israel, and we're going to tour over there. But it's inspirationcruises.com forward slash Evans. I would love for you to be a part of this. Bring a group from your church. Bring a group of your friends or your family. The more the merrier. We would love to have you come. So go on inspirationcruises.com forward slash Evans. It'll give you more information. I'm very excited today to have Bill Koenig join me again. Uh, Bill is a journalist and served as a White House correspondent. He has a new service called Koenig World Watch Daily. His website has constantly updated stories from a large variety of news sources and can be found at watch.org. Bill is currently in Jerusalem, and we're going to be talking today about the most recent election and the ramifications of it related to Israel. Bill, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jimmy. Great to be with you. Well, you're in Jerusalem right now, and uh, there's been a big election that just took place. Uh, and I mean, this is a, a right-wing coalition, if there ever has been one. And so That's talk right. just a little bit about what you're experiencing over there and what's going on. I'll tell you what, Jimmy, when I uh, checked, I uh, got my rental car on Tuesday night, the lady happened to be a conservative. She was thrilled with the outcome. And she also said, you cannot believe how many people, Jewish people from all over the world, flew to Israel to vote. Wow. And this was, that's incredible, Jimmy. I mean, when you think about people taking that effort to come and vote, it was also the largest vote turnout since 1999. Wow. And this is a right-wing slate. We haven't had anything like this in Israel for a long time. And there's a lot of excitement from the people I've talked to uh, in Israel. Uh, this is very unique. You're not going to have a splintered cabinet. You're going to have a solid right-wing cabinet. A bit, you got an extreme or two in the right, far right. But for the most part, the Israelis that I've spoken to are very pleased. It's, it's incredible. I, I love Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, he is such a great prime minister. He's always been such a great leader. But Israel, well, they've had five elections in the last several years. That's right, uh, four years. Trying, trying to put together a coalition government, uh, which is very much different than our two-party system. But talk about, uh, let's talk about Ben Gavir for just a minute because he's in the news. Now this is an ultra-nationalist 
uh, Zionist party. Is that correct? That's that's exactly right. And that that has my uh, friends here uh, in Israel, some especially the Jewish believers uh, here in Israel that are concerned about that. They think he is way too far right. They've shared some things he's done and said over the years, and it's nothing that we would uh, uh, back or appreciate or support. So that will be Netanyahu's challenge, is that extreme right wing led by that gentleman. Well, what's what's his agenda? What's the ultimate outcome of Ben Gavir's agenda uh, in this coalition government? Well, it's uh, not uh, he's not favorable to the Arabs. Uh, he also is does not want to see any land given up uh, by Israel to the Palestinians. But his very tense relation with the Arabs, uh, Palestinians in the state of Israel, that's the greatest concern is his extreme positions on uh, Arabs within the land. Right. So Zechariah 12 is the scripture that you kind of base your ministry on. Uh, That's right. Jerusalem becoming, you know, just this uh, heavy, burdensome stone, uh, uh, you know, diplomatic nightmare for the world, which it is. So now we have, you have had Lapid as prime minister uh, going around the world and to the United States saying he's in full support of a two-state solution, okay, which has, you know, the United Nations, Biden, they're all just elated that there's finally, you know, a leader in Israel. Now you have Netanyahu stepping in. And what's going to happen? Well, I tell you what. Uh, well, what's really interesting, Jimmy, is uh, Lapid's comments on September 21st at the UN, as an Israeli uh, interim prime minister, fully supporting the two-state plan, pressured by Biden, was a great talking point and election point, which had a significant reason why the right wing of Israel, the voter turnout was at the level it was because of those statements wow. that he made at the UN. Well, so the, the, he uh, he is not very popular in Israel. You would say that. Obviously, they got voted out. So, yeah, they got voted out, and uh, I, I, you know, he, he's popular in his uh, left wing left wing base, but he uh, over uh, stretched things. Uh, he was influenced by the Biden administration, went right along with it. Yeah. And that was probably the worst thing he could have ever possibly done. Uh, Biden's already been on the phone to Netanyahu. They had an eight minute conversation. And he, had, in essence, Biden said, let's make history together. Well, we know what that means, right. leading to a two state plan and a, and a peace deal. What, what's going on diplomatically right now? Because I know that there's been Blinken and you know all the different uh, diplomats over there. Um, are they trying, in what ways are they trying to pressure Netanyahu or will they be pressuring Netanyahu to make a deal? And what do you see? Now, we know the end of the Bible. You know, we know what's going to sure. happen ultimately to Jerusalem. Do you think Netanyahu is going to play uh, an important role basically in withstanding the world community and them trying to divide Jerusalem? Well, that's going to be very interesting. And uh, the people that I network with here and people that we do behind the scenes uh, activity with, uh, we're hopeful that Benjamin Netanyahu will stand as strong now as he ever has. Uh, he he uh, basically had his first government collapse uh, after the White Plantation Agreement in 1998. And then he had his second government collapse right after the delivery of uh, President Trump's Peace to Prosperity Plan on January 28, 2020. And uh, his signing 
at the White House of the Abraham Accords on September 15, 2020. And then uh, that led to his government collapse. So this is basically his third chance. That's interesting is the previous other two times when he went along with the plan, uh, the Clinton efforts and the Trump efforts, it, it literally cost his government. Yeah. And uh, here he is, Jimmy, once again, in a very key, important position. And we just pray that he'll stand for the covenant land of Israel as he's never had before and be blessed for it, according to Genesis 12, 3. That's right. So the the uh, Trump deal, the deal of the century, uh, essentially gave the West Bank uh, to the Palestinians. Is that correct? Yeah, in that plan, uh, with his map, uh, between 70 and 80 percent of the land would be set aside for the Palestinian state. In other words, they continued the Palestinian state narrative. Whether they would have accepted all the terms or not, the Trump Peace to Prosperity Plan continued the narrative of a two-state plan with a, uh, a Palestinian state within Arab, uh, I mean, within Judea and Samaria and East Jerusalem. Right. So that's that's that was the problem, and the Israeli people right. reacted against him. Because I read a poll last week that said 70% of the Israeli people are against a two-state solution. That's right. And so, and it's interesting that a lady had checked me in at the, at the airport. Uh, she said, we've given it a try. We've given the two-state plan a try. I mean, this is the rental car lady at the Ben Gurion Airport. She says, we've given it a try. It hasn't worked. It's time to, uh, to move on. And, and that was a conservative voter. When the United Nations partitioned Palestine back in 1947, the Jews went along with it. You know, and when they declared their independence, the next day the Arab world declared war on them, tried to wipe them off the face of the map. And so that's right, five Arab countries. And that's when they took all that land. You know, the the uh, the uh, uh, Sinai and all the other land, the West Bank and all that land that they didn't have, in in response to being attacked. And so since then, there's just been this back and forth. So the maritime agreement that was just made with Lebanon, uh, that seemed a little bit freakish. Uh, from my perspective, because basically uh, the Lapid government gave them every, there was no negotiation really. They asked for this land in the ocean where there was the gas interest out there or Hezbollah was gonna start firing rockets at the Israeli uh, natural gas operations. What is the sense that you have being in Israel right now? Again, they're giving up land for peace. That's what it is. Well, that's going to be interesting, primarily because uh, former uh, ambassador to Israel, uh, David Friedman, Trump's ambassador, he came out strongly in opposition of it, uh, which is uncharacteristic for a, premier, uh, uh, a previous uh, ambassador to do that. Also, Benjamin Netanyahu and other members of his Likud party also said this is a terrible deal. And then on the flip side, Hezbollah through Nasrallah threatened to attack Israel if they didn't go along with the plan the United States brokered. Right. So I think that speaks for itself, Jimmy, on just how bad a deal it is. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. But you, you, on your previous visit here on the show, we talked about your book, Eye to Eye, which I hope everyone gets and reads, because you document, what is it, 124 specific instances where the United States government pressured Israel to give up land and the natural catastrophes that have happened here, and most recently, Hurricane Ian. That's right. In, in direct response to us pressuring Israel to give up more land. 
And that's so, exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, Hurricane Fiona and also Hurricane Ian were directly happening, started and they were happening at the time that Biden was at the UN, Lapid was at the UN, and Trudeau from Canada also complemented Lapid's two state plans. So yes, it, it totally bookmarked uh, the effort by the United States, Israel, and the Canadians to accept a two-state plan at the same time of Fiona and Ian. Well, this is being recorded uh, on November the 8th. This is election day here in the United States. And we're praying for, you know, God to move. We, we desperately need the move of God politically and spiritually in America because these are dark, dark days to say the least. But uh, in Israel, whatever America does obviously has a big bearing on what happens in Israel. And so Netanyahu now is stepping into, first of all, a coalition government where he has extremists that he's in bed with politically, that he, right. he has to deal with that. The other thing that he has to deal with is the pressure from the United States and the United Nations on him to accept this two-state solution, which, like you, I don't believe he will. And no. the times he's made that attempt before it cost him his job. But also, mm -hmm. let's talk for just a minute about the Gog and Magog issue, because uh, Iran is a major issue. Uh, they're in Syria. I think that Israel's bombing them just about every day. Uh, Russia's there, Turkey's there, Syria's there. What do you see happening related to the Gog and Magog coalition? Do you, is it a big deal? Is it a deal at all? Oh, it's coming together quickly, Jimmy. Matter of fact, about an hour ago, I met a pastor uh, from the Caucasian Mountain area and he said through his news sources is that Russia and Iran are working on an agreement to cooperate even more militarily. He was very, very concerned about that because that's likely part of the, the Gog-Magog coalition uh, of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Caucasian mountain area. And also we're watching uh, Iranian drones being used uh, in the Ukraine. Right. The Russia's purchased right. in the Ukraine is asked for us to uh, assist, uh, or excuse me, ask Israel to assist uh, in this area uh, to create a defense against those drones, and that's angered Russia. And there is a possibility very soon that the uh, pretty much ability for Israel to go into Syria or Lebanon at any time to take out Iranian weapons could be coming to a close. So I read an article about uh, how Netanyahu, uh, it's believed that he will uh, bomb Iran if there's not a diplomatic solution found to stop their nuclear aggression. Uh, I don't believe there's a chance on earth that they're going to stop their efforts to get a nuclear weapon if they already don't have one. But um, he has the resolve to, to bomb them. And one of the things that I have, and this is just my personal opinion, but when Ezekiel says that God's going to put a hook in their jaw and drag them, drag them down, that's an animal hook that you use to drag an animal around with. And it's, in other words, they're not going to make the choice. He's going to make it for them. He's going to do something so provocative that they're going to just, you know, immediately re respond. And my personal opinion is that if Israel bombed Iran, and this is a very real possibility in the next months or couple of years. Um, you know, 10 years ago, we were talking about Iran's nuclear plants, but today we're talking about a reality that they are either there or almost there to having enough enriched uranium and a delivery mechanism to strike Israel. And so uh, 
Is that being talked about, the potential of Israel bombing Iran? Yes, absolutely. Uh, what's interesting in the polls here, 75% of Israelis would prefer a Netanyahu uh, in government at the time of a conflict with Iran. Wow. I think that's another reason he did so well, Jimmy, is because he's strong enough, committed enough, and well aware of the threat of Iran. Uh, the reason he hadn't previously is probably because he's had some defense ministers that have opposed that. Um, it is getting closer for sure. Uh, the relationship, it's so ironic that the, the situation in the Ukraine has created tension between Russia and Israel at a level that we've never known. Right. Uh, one other, uh, Mordecai Kadar, he's one of the top intel experts in Tel Aviv, said a few months ago, he said, the benefit of having Netanyahu in office, he could always pick up the phone, call Putin immediately and get right through to him or get on a plane and go and meet with him in Moscow where Bennett and Lapid didn't have that benefit. Right. So uh, interesting players. I think we're definitely getting closer to that happening. Uh, I had a discussion with another friend of mine today on that uh, who, who covers uh, this very closely, uh, Chris Mitchell with CBN News. And we, we know we're close, Jimmy. We don't, it just, we're waiting for uh, a catalyst or that hook right. that you said in the jaw. Uh, it could happen overnight uh, or it could be a little bit later, but we are certainly quickly moving in that direction. The question is how quick? Well, in, in the everything, all the pieces are coming together. And you didn't That's see, right. like the Gog and Magog War, I've taught Bible prophecy for 40 years. And for most of that time, it was just, you were talking about it, but everybody was at home, you know, doing their thing. Now we're seeing the armies coming together, all the players uh, coming together, closer ties between uh, Iran and Russia and all of them. Let's talk about the Temple Mount for just a minute because you're right there by the Temple Mount. Um, it seems to me that there's been a dramatic activity, increase of activity on the Temple Mount. And whereas just very recently it was illegal for Jews to go up to the Temple Mount, now they're going up by the thousands. Uh, we see the five red heifers that were just flown from Texas over there. The Temple Institute, very excited about that. What, what are you hearing over there? What, what's happening related to the Temple Mount and the rebuilding of the Temple? Well, that's interesting because I was with uh, Byron Stinson. He's a uh, Texas yeah. businessman who was involved in bringing the red heifers over to Israel. And I was I met with him on Monday along with uh, Saki, uh, Rabbi Saki, uh, who was very involved in bringing those five red heifers here to Israel. There's uh, obviously, uh, this is as the Hal Lindsey would say this is the most viable 34 acres on the planet, and the most contentious. Yeah, there is. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I think that uh, under Lapid and benefit, there was a little bit better cooperation between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. Uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, there's talk, you know, about the eventual third temple. And what's interesting is about 20 percent of the Jews in the world are Orthodox. There would be more. Uh, prone to be interested in the Third Temple, where 80% reform and conservative or not. Right. So uh, for those of us that are watchmen, this could be very significant. All they need is the ashes of one pure red heifer. There's right. been a few candidates over the last 20 years, but we're at a point right now, uh, we could be getting close in a year and a half, two years, uh, when, when that would be the point of uh, uh, preparing the ashes. Just all it takes is one. Right now there's five here in, in, in Israel. So uh, that's going to be interesting to follow from this point forward, especially with this new government. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, I talked on my last program about they've actually practiced. Uh, the first of all, they had 600 Levites singing, practicing the Levitical singing, and then they practiced burning a heifer. Uh, and to right. see how, how to do it and how much ash they would get from it and all that kind of stuff. So just That's a lot right. of stuff is happening that hasn't happened before. There, there are things mm -hmm. happening that haven't happened for 2,000 years, so it's very exciting. So you were just in Brazil on your way to Israel. Uh, you were with uh, President Bolsonaro's wife, I believe. You had a prayer breakfast. Talk about your time in Brazil. I was there for five days. Uh, we were there uh, four days before the election. Uh, with the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast team, who in 2018 had the first Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast in Brazil. At that time, Bolsonaro uh, was very low in the polls, and supernaturally, uh, he's a great supporter of Israel, a great lover of Israel, was baptized in Israel in 20, May 2016, spent time at the Garden too. A friend of mine uh, basically showed them around. He is a solid Christian, but who's really an incredible Christian woman is Mrs. Bolsonaro. She loves Jesus. She loves Israel. Even when she went to vote, she had a, a, a t-shirt on with a star of David on it <laughs> and said, God bless Brazil. God bless Israel. Isn't that great? Yeah, it was remarkable to see. And, uh, you know, there was concern about the election and election integrity. Uh, that will be debated here in the next week or two. But Bolsonaro is incredibly popular. What's interesting about the vote pattern there is very similar to what happened in the United States in 2020, when President Trump did so well with the down ballot uh, in the House and Senate, gained House and Senate seats, but he didn't become president. Same thing with Bolsonaro. He was successful throughout the country. He did really well in Rio de Janeiro. And in uh, Sao Paulo, uh, areas that typically the leftists do better. He is a very popular president. It's been a devastating, at this point, defeat. Uh, a lot of protest on the streets. A very strong uh, a Christian base in Brazil. Very passionate people. Uh, great supporters of Israel. So uh, we were uh, with Mrs. Bolsonaro uh, the day after the election. Uh, prayed with her. Uh, continue to pray for her. Uh, the great thing about it, uh, this prayer breakfast uh, opens some serious doors uh, in uh, in uh, in Brazil as well as Italy in October when uh, the new president or prime minister, excuse me, the uh, new president uh, of Italy uh, was also a speaker of the Jerusalem prayer breakfast right. row. So wanted to, wanted to throw that in, but uh, there's great favor uh, for Israel uh, in Brazil, and we continue to pray for a, a positive outcome of, of this recent election. So was there was there uh, a concern about the manipulation of the election electronically the same as there was here in 2020? Correct. Uh, the equipment there is uh, used, it's a Smartmatic uh, equipment. It had been used in Venezuela before. Uh, Bolsonaro was concerned about that equipment. Uh, I did a report on the Smartmatic equipment in November of 2020 found out uh, Lord Malik Brown, Lord Mark Malik Brown, uh, one of the major uh, uh, participants in the Smartmatic machine is also involved with George Soros through the Open Society. 
uh, that Soros developed. Also, one of the uh, the president of the board of directors of Smartmatics was one of Joe Biden's transition uh, officials, uh, transitioning into becoming uh, taking over the White House. So we're watching it very carefully. Uh, they, uh, the Smartmatic equipment has a, a bit of a interesting history, and uh, we, we're afraid we saw some of the similar patterns that we saw in the United States, also in Brazil. So this is this is election day in America. Well, what, now, we'll, we'll be posting this tomorrow, so many of the results, I think, will have already come in. We'll know kind of what's happening. What's your thought about the election that's going on right now in America? If it is a fair and honest election, I think this is going to be an enormous landslide for the Republicans in the House and three to five in the Senate. Uh, the polls that I've looked to through pollsters that I respect and have a good track record show a overwhelming uh, success for the Republicans in the House and Senate. So I expect a very positive outcome tomorrow. Very good. Well, we'll know soon. And, you know, on this program, you know, I'd, I'd try very hard to let people know this is not a Republican program. It is a conservative program. But the issue on the ballot is you're talking not just about Republican, Democrat, you're talking about abortion and pro-life. You're, you're talking about the woke agenda and the, the anti-woke agenda, the rights of parents. And literally, you know, in many cases on the left, they want to take the rights away from parents and let the teachers and the administration decide what five-year-olds and six-year-olds are basically taught pornography and gender reassignment and all those things. So this, is, this really is, not with every single race, but in many races, it really is a, a battle between light and darkness. And, and the future it is it, it, absolutely. Um, they thought they would get. Let me put it this way, Jimmy. Democratic Party thought the Roe versus Wade decision, an emphasis on abortion and abortion rights, even up to the time of birth, and also promoting the LGBTQ agenda all the way even to kindergarten That's right. uh, age, and also pushing critical race theory would be enough for them to be successful. It was a total misread of the um, American voting population. There's gonna be big gains in the Hispanic vote, the black vote, uh, white working women. Uh, I think, uh, you know, people are tired of the inflation. They're tired of the high price for gas. They're tired of the high, high price for uh, much of what they uh, have in necessities, uh, what they're having to pay for necessities. And I think uh, Senator, Tim Scott put it best a couple weeks ago in a uh, in an event with Hannity that the majority in the Senate and the House has cost the United States taxpayers an additional four trillion dollars in debt. Wow. And that is onerous and going to have a great impact not only in this generation, but future generations. Well, this is this has brought people together like no election I've ever seen. If that's there's right. anything good that's come out of the last two years, and when you see parents standing up and going to school board meetings and all those kinds of things, and just the the and, and this uh, defund the police movement and the trying to basically dismantle our justice criminal justice system, that's it's right. caused a lot of good people to stand up, and that's what we're going to need in America. Any other thoughts that you have, Bill? Yeah, I think uh, great point. I think the independents uh, looks like through the polls are overwhelmingly going to go vote uh, conservative, vote Republican. Uh, I think we're even going to see Democratic crossover 
Uh, there's a lot of people in the Democratic Party concerned about the future of America. And I think uh, as, and as well as the uh, groups that I mentioned, Hispanic, Blacks, uh, white working mothers, uh, I think we're going to see a tremendous uh, uh, move to a more serious administration. And I think also great for Israel, Jimmy, because uh, the Republican Party is without a doubt the best friend that Israel has Absolutely. in Congress. Absolutely. And, and your book, Eye to Eye, and again, you know, William Koenig, and it's on Amazon.com, but your book... Uh, it, it's absolute total evidence that the policy of America toward Israel affects us all. Th this is not just some, you know, Vietnam or the Philippines or, you know, some other nation out there. This is Israel and that God is in an everlasting covenant with. And whenever you touch them, there's going to be a, you bless them, you're going to get blessed. You curse them, you're going to get cursed. And we have been devastated as a nation because of the, poor policies, the anti-Israel policy that the Biden administration represents right now. So we need politicians that will come in and support Israel. That, that's a big deal. God bless you, Bill. I love, I love what you do. I love your ministry. I appreciate your input. Very insightful. I hope you have a wonderful time there in Jerusalem. I hope to get to talk to you again soon. Look forward to it. God bless you, Jimmy. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless you. We're going to go now to the subscriber-only portion of our program. If you're not a subscriber to endtimes.com, go to endtimes.com, $7 a month, $77 a year. You get the entire Tipping Point podcast right now, plus videos and articles that come out all week long, plus access to our archives. And there is a seven day free trial. And so if you're interested in becoming a subscriber, go to endtimes.com and try us out for seven days. I promise you're going to like it. It's going to be the best $7 a month you ever spent because we're going to give you information in the news from scripture, from prophecy, from myself, from also Pastor Greg Laurie, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, and many others that will help to keep you encouraged and informed in these important days that we're living in. So if you're not a subscriber, Go to endtimes.com, become a subscriber so you can see everything. If you are a subscriber and you're watching this on YouTube, you need to go over to endtimes.com to see the full podcast, or you can respond to your subscriber email that we sent you. Stay tuned.